It was funny when we picked up the phone to text each other at the exact oh. same time. <laughs> and Rolando was like, that's the stuff that makes Stephanie yeah. <laughs> afraid of you. Yeah, he's oh, right. afraid, right? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so earlier in the week, uh, we were texting each other in the morning. Sarah technically got it off first. I think her messages were smaller. But um, Sarah couldn't believe that we were texting. Even, even now, sometimes it still catches off guard when we do stuff like that even though it happens to us frequently. But mm -hmm. I told Rolando about it, and he goes, well, of course, you guys are twins. He's like, and by the way, that's what makes Steph afraid of afraid you guys. Afraid of us, yeah. <laughs> so that was funny. Hey guys, we're back and today we have actually have a special mini episode for you. We finally got a question from <laughs> our audience. <laughs> it's actually my coworker. I told her we would go ahead and um, start off, kick off an episode, but I think we're just going to dedicate the entire episode to her question What's since it's name? our first one. I don't know if she wants me to tell everybody. It rhymes with Shamber. <laughs> well, thanks Shamber. <laughs> uh, She's actually really cool. That's a question. I'm Sarah. And I'm Rebecca. And we, of course, we're your host for Cryptophasia. Mm -hmm. So her question is basically, if we have a similar hobby that we have enjoyed from two different aspects or from opposite aspects. So here's how she put it. She knew a pair of twins in high school. They were both interested in music. One actually went for band and one was an orchestra. And so she asked us if we had anything similar like that. And we did come up with a few examples. So actually, Sarah was the mastermind behind all these examples because I just came up with a blank as usual. But um, one thing that she brought up was we both like to learn. Yes. Always. Not we in, always like to learn. Not always necessarily like in a traditional manner in school, but I feel like we are like autodidacts in a way where we rather like pick up skills along the way and teach ourselves and learn from more of, I guess, life experience in school i so here's where we're different where we do approach learning so our our interests our actual hobby is to learn um i actually prefer a more much structured approach which is why i think i did better in school um ever sarah is very fond of having the world be her school yes but what the world's my classroom the world is your classroom mm -hmm. Yeah, you didn't do so well in school. Not because you're not bright. Actually, you it's the reason why you passed school was because you were so bright. Mm -hmm. But school, the structure is not for you. No, I think I passed not like, okay, A, I think we do have steep learning curves, but I think it's mostly like I didn't really do a whole lot of learning in school. Like I just did a lot of memorization. Just so you could pass tests. Test, yes. So I didn't do very much homework. I didn't participate. Teachers hated you. You're pretty much the yeah. worst student. Well, you didn't cause disruptions, but you were probably one of their secret. No. Well, okay. So in Algebra 2, my teacher, I forgot. I think he started like, it was like Mr. Bills or something like that. I can't remember his exact name, but I think it started with B. But he made a policy after me because I would I refused to do any of the homework, but then I would like I would score really well in his test. So, so you were getting pass. a B in the class. And so he made his new policy was you had to turn in X amount of homework assignments to be able to <laughs> score well on the test. Did you feel like you were a policymaker after that? Well, I was just like You were an influencer yeah, even before so. the days of influencing. Yeah, I was like, Oh man. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I was necessarily the only one that would do that, but I think I was like hit the bane of his existence during that semester. Mm -hmm. You're the reason why he probably had to drink after school. Yeah. One of the reasons. If he did drink. Yeah. He yeah. had, yeah, you were one of them. 
So another area, another hobby that we have is people, actually. And it's interesting because both of us have a love-hate relationship with people. We both, I think, feel for the world, but also we always have this like incessant thought of what is the world coming to mm-hmm. a lot of times we do hate how people have turned out you know the human condition we both love and hate um i have this inherent hope that you know we will survive we'll make it um but it's hard to believe in that every so often whereas sarah just hates the human condition but anyways that's kind of off track so um we I don't hate the human condition i just I think it makes me very sad. Yeah, it is. It's a little depressing sometimes. Yes. But the way we kind of describe that also is I am of the people, whereas Sarah is for the people. Makes me sound like a senator. I know. <laughs> Sounds very Star Wars, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that's true, though. I think I, I definitely am more involved with people on the daily level. I, I insert myself more into with people. I identify more day to day with people, whereas you more like you just are more observant of people and kind mm-hmm. of internalize that. And so we kind of were, and you're also more on the fringes, I would say, mm-hmm. of society. Yeah, that's true. You prefer to Definitely be outside like looking in, right? Um, and I think I'm an offshoot of that. So we both feel intensely. I think. When it comes to people and how people can be hurt or um, just the quality of life for people, we I think we have an intense feeling for that. But again, because she internalizes stuff, I think you, t- you tend to be a little bit more neurotic. Mm. She's actually off the charts neurotic. Yeah. I, well, I, you are. It's like pathological. Okay, that's true. I have to concede, I think. Yeah. You, you know you're neurotic. I know, but didn't know we should tell everybody else that. Oh, well... It's a podcast. What else are we going to talk about? I don't know. So she's definitely neurotic where I am because, so I didn't go the neurotic side. I went to the people pleasing side. So I tend to try to say yes to as many people as possible. I think we're both like that. That's true. But I'm not nearly as neurotic as you. I just think I go in circles, like in my brain, trying to figure out like how to please the most people as possible. I don't know. While also not putting yourself out too much. Yeah. Well, like it's it's funny because I think my my boss at the bakery actually she she noticed something about me and and it ties into this but she was like she said that um, she noticed or she told me the other day she was like Sarah she's like if you don't know the answer just say I don't know I need you to tell me I don't know and I was like huh and so I didn't know what she was getting at right at first and then um, and then she's like yeah she's like I noticed that you'll stop what you're doing to go find the answer. <laughs> Even if you don't know it or, you know, and I told him, like, honestly, I've always been that way. Like, I just, I, if someone asks the room a question, I will always have to try to figure out an answer. Even if I don't know the answer, I'll just say something. <laughs> if it's not even, even close. And, like, so she's like, she's like, yeah, I noticed that. And I was like, I told her, it's a sickness. I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I can't, I can't not do it. And I was like, but I will try to work very hard to make sure in the future that I just tell you I don't know. So she gets she gets sad for she doesn't really want to ask me things because she knows that I'll literally just stop what I'm doing to answer her question, which doesn't make me sound like a great multitasker. Right. Oh, see, I think maybe that's the thing though is um, unless you're putting that effort though to make yourself approachable, mm-hmm. you usually are not, and then so people don't always go, think to go and ask you things. Well, she has no choice because you I know, know like we work together, so yeah. Like... Right. That's true. So I think yeah, I think that's that's another example. Um, we're also both. In our own ways, I think we really like to indulge in creative things. Mm-hmm. 
even though I wouldn't say we're necessarily creative geniuses or anything like that, but we both have these streaks of, I think that creative, I'm going to just put this in quotes, gene runs in our family. Like we have a lot of creative people in our family. There's Mm -hmm. artists, there's musicians in there, even like that we have great cooks in the family. Well, I feel like not a lot of us are necessarily like what you would call like artistic or Mm -hmm. like, I think Jeremy's the only one that was like an artist. Right. But I do think that like we all dabble Right, we do like to express ourselves in yes. in the arts and in, in different multimedia. Yeah, and I try to tell people like I more like I do use use that word like creative over artistic. Yeah, so like crafty. And I think that runs strongly in our family, though. Yeah. Um. So, but I but the way we we each approach it in two different ways. Sarah likes the more the she's like more of the movements, the dancing. She was actually in ballet when we were younger. Um. She took dancing in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, she um loved to choreograph, loved that movement. Um, whereas I was more, can we just say I wasn't as creative? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I think, okay. Okay. I think you're more, uh, like logical. So your intuitions and pattern recognition and all that, you know, I think it limits how I express my creativity. Yeah. Like I find coloring books very, 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 um, like they're hard for me. They're. It's more of a burden than a relaxation. So, I, okay, I wasn't even going there. I was thinking that, like, you're, you're you're creatively bent towards, like, in the way that you would approach a problem. Oh, oh, I can have creative solutions. Solution. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. I can... Because that does take a different different mindset. Yeah. And you have to be able to think, like, outside the box. Okay, so you definitely are more of the DIY, more yeah. traditional, what you would think of creative. Yes. And that, for me, yeah, it's definitely more applicable to, like, real world Well. I, problems, workplace yeah, problems. Well, yeah, workplace problems, like office problems, mm-hmm. logistics, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think essentially what we're basically saying or what we've been describing is that, like, you just tend to be a little bit more, like, left brain and I'm more right brain. And That's true. And that usually, yeah, you can pretty much share the same the brain, hobbies. but, like, you tend right. towards left and I tend towards right. So we do enjoy mostly similar hobbies, mm-hmm. but usually it's because different aspects of that hobby entice appeal us, us, appeal to us, yeah. right? That's true. So anything that's more structured creatively, I'm usually more likely to go for. Like, yeah. I think that's why when they, our parents gave us a choice when we were younger, they, they wanted us to be well-rounded. So they, you know, we were in all the different types of activities. Mm-hmm. And Sarah loved the ballet. She was good at it. I hated it. And so they put me in piano for like, I don't even know if it was a year, but I was much happier because mm-hmm. probably because, you know, piano, aside from, you know, composing, which is a whole nother level, just learning piano or any instrument can be very structured. And I think that was more appealed to me better. So yeah, there was that. Another hobby we have is games. We have loved games even since we were little. Oh yeah. All kinds of games. All across the spectrum. Like the cardboard not cardboard, but like card games, <laughs> board, board games, games, puzzles. Anything that we can turn into a competition or play yeah. for points mm-hmm. is very, yeah, we love it. On the computer, in person, doesn't Tablet, matter. Tablet, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so what, we both love that, but Sarah is a much, anytime there's a clue giver, maybe somebody who needs to come up with an overall like plan of attack. Mm-hmm. I'm usually who plays that role, whereas Sarah is a much better guesser and implementer. I, I don't know about plan of attack. I, I don't know. I feel like we're I'm a good stra- stra- strategist. strategist. Yeah, I think I am too. I can't say <laughs> so it. It's like strategist. Strategist. Yeah. I was planning on how I'm supposed to say that word. <laughs> no, I would say, okay, so I think of it more as you're just good at like maybe understanding the game. Oh, true. And then explaining it to the rest of us and then like giving like giving clues or 
um, like that. But I feel like in terms of the actual, if there's guessing, yes, then I will do that or, you know, Although deductions. I am really mean at charades. That's, that's because I'm willing to look ridiculous in terms of when it comes to that's writing. That's true. I can't, I can't bring myself to be like completely ridiculous. Flamboyant. <laughs> yeah, flamboyant, <laughs> Over the top. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm willing to to win. Yeah, that's true. So do you think you would go to more extreme lengths to win or would I? Because we're both really competitive. That's true. I think it depends on the game. So if we were playing charades and it came down to the last point and you were giving a clue to your team and or acting out for your team and I was acting out for my team and it was something super ridiculous on the card. You'd think, probably win. Yeah. Because you would just go for it and yeah. I would have to convince myself or I think I would have to. You would try to do the minimals or try to get yes, your team to guess? Yes. Like come, come up, like a, a roundabout way of coming to like so I don't look as ridiculous. <laughs> and he would just be like, I got it. Like, I win. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, he would just go for it and I would have to sit there and think about it. Yeah. Um, but even when it comes to like this podcast, um, you can see how we're two sides of the same coin, right? Um, she is very much the content provider. She creates it all. She gives us ideas. She kind of um, had this right away when we came up with this idea for the podcast. She already knew how like different topics for the episodes kind of what they would contain and i pretty much just structured it all i would structure the individual episode kind of how we wanted to move forward i think i'm the one who i do all the logistical things like posting it to all of our platforms that mm -hmm. kind of stuff mm -hmm. you know the stuff that she can't be bothered with but i'm just technologically illiterate sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. she's a little analog <laughs> yes um yeah she's a bad millennial Do you have any more examples? Uh, I think that's those are the only ones that we yeah, kind of but thought I, of. That gives them a really good picture of who we are as not only individuals, but how we work in tandem with another. And it works really well. And I think that's why we do really well as a team because, you know, mm -hmm. we have those natural inclinations, natural roles that we automatically fall into. We don't usually have to do as much planning then. Like, mm -hmm. It's funny because, like, in the, I think in a lot of pop culture, especially because of the whole Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen, the way that they would type them, I don't think that we're as extreme because we share the same hobbies and interests. Mm -hmm. um, like in like in those movies or shows or whatever, they would always have like one is the sporty one, one yeah. is like the type A person, or you know like or the girly one. And that's not. I don't think that that's how we were mm -hmm. ever. Um, they make them sound like on the spectrum, they're on opposite ends. Yeah. Whereas yeah. we are in the in on the same range of the spectrum, mm -hmm. just. You know, yeah. So I think that's kind of sad a little bit, but um, I do think that we do, like you said, we do naturally fall into different sides of the same areas, right? The same hobbies, interests. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. yeah. But that's all we've got for you today. Mm -hmm. Just short and sweet. Um, again, if you have any questions, we'll devote an entire mini episode to you guys. We'll have to call these things something. These little mini episodes. We'll have to label them. Fireside chats? No, it's not really like a fireside chat. Yeah. I'll have to. You're, you're the little, creative one. You're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But anyways, follow us at Sidecar Adventures. Send us your questions there on Instagram. Right. Uh, yeah. If you have any questions, we'll devote a little mini episode to you. Yeah. And just let us know whether or not you want to be um, mentioned in the episode or if you want us to create a little alias for you. We'll do better than Shamber next yeah, time. Yeah, Shamber. Sorry, Shamber. She's the first, though. Yeah. She's like our guinea pig. Mm -hmm. That's true. But anyways, here's a metric. Uh, wow. You're awesome, Chamber. <laughs> here's a message from our sponsors. See you later. Bye.
Anchor is our go-to choice for creating podcasts. So this podcast is made possible by Anchor, the easy-to-use podcast app from Spotify. Anchor walks you through step-by-step to execute your vision without all the fuss. And bonus, it's free. It's a no-brainer. And trust us, we're a couple of bad millennials. We basically Googled how to start a podcast. So we know what we're talking about. Download the app today to see what Anchor can do for you.